welcome to the NBA Fan Podcast. Uh, I'm here. Uh, I'm I am Chris Randazzo. I am here uh, with Trent Kinsey, and we are going to talk about the conference finals from the 2018 uh, NBA playoffs and preview the NBA finals. Uh, we're really excited to to kind of talk through these different series. Trent, we're now we've had about 24 hours roughly uh, be- between when uh, all of the conference finals wrapped up and we're now sitting one day away from the finals. How are you feeling uh, today? Kind of removed from the emotion of the moment. <laughs> you know me, I'm always removed from the emotion of, of the moment. <laughs> That's kind of our dynamic here on this podcast. Um, no, I feel good. I feel good. I mean, there's definitely, as, a, as an NBA fan and somebody who has watched the NBA basically as long as I've been alive, and I appreciate the history of the NBA, I think the idea of you know a fourth straight finals with the same two teams is pretty cool. There, I'm less enthusiastic when I think about how the actual matchup breaks down this year because I don't think it's going to be that exciting, but we can get into that. Uh, but the idea of having the same two teams, it's so difficult to get to the finals multiple times in a row. So for the Warriors, which have for the most part kept their core the same, to be there four straight years out of the West is incredibly impressive. And then obviously for the Cavaliers, four straight years as well. And for LeBron, eight straight years is really, really impressive. So Yeah, I think taking a step back and looking at the arc of of things that people remember, which is the people, you know, the teams that made it to the finals are remembered far more than the teams that, you know, lost in the conference finals. And then that escalates to who won. Yeah. Now it's easy for us to remember who lost the last three years because they've been in the you know it's been the same. It's been the same teams back and forth. So um great. So I think that's a good, you know, I think that's a good uh, representation of, I think, how people are feeling because we're kind of through the emotion of, of what's been happening. So let's jump back into those emotions. Let's start in the Eastern Conference Finals. It was Game 7. The series went to seven games. In my opinion, um, well, I guess it should have gone to seven games, but what are your thoughts on the Cavs winning in seven um, they did it on the road. The Celtics had home court advantage. Um, again, LeBron, I think, uh, unmatched against the Celtics. I think you and I would both agree the Celtics had the better team. What are your over, overall thoughts on how this series went? Why did the Cavs win? Why did the Celtics lose? Maybe that's more your take. Uh, yeah. What are your thoughts? That's good. I um, I definitely think, I mean, this wasn't something, the Celtics are definitely the better team um but the Cavs have better have the best player in the series um so it's not like I felt like it was going to be like a five game series or something like that the Celtics would just dominate yeah I think we both knew I predicted Boston in seven you predicted uh Cavaliers in seven Cavaliers in seven you did it so nailed it um (laughs) so yeah so it, it was not surprising to me that it went that it kind of went long and I I felt like for the first six games the team that played best, you know, won the game. And it wasn't something where I was just like, I can't believe this one team is doing this one thing wrong. Uh, It was pretty expected. And in fact, through the first six games, the home team won every single game. 
So generally speaking, there's a saying that a series doesn't officially start until an away team wins a game. So the fact that it, it, we kind of got exactly what we expected for the first six games. Now, game seven, I think the Celtics absolutely lost that game you think more than Cleveland won it. Okay. Yeah. And why do you say that? Well, Cleveland has a... First of all, this is one of the worst teams that LeBron has ever been on in the playoffs. Uh, certainly, it's the worst team statistically that he's ever taken to the finals. And one of the reasons for that is that they are they're a good scoring team, or they're really they're a scoring team that can get very hot, um, but they're not a good defensive team at all. And they've struggled on the road. And Boston has been unbelievable at home. So all signs were and Boston's a great defensive team too. So all signs were pointing towards. Boston winning this game. And LeBron had a really good game, but he didn't have a, like, unbelievable game for him. I think he had, like, 35, 12, and 9, which for anyone else is, like, like unbelievable. But for him and the way he's played in this postseason, I think if you were to tell Boston you're going to hold LeBron to 35 points and you're going to hold Cleveland to 87 points, I think they would say, oh, that's exactly what we want. We're we're absolutely going to win that game. Um, but they just didn't shoot the ball well. And I think part of the reason they didn't shoot the ball well is because they were giving shots to the wrong players. So ultimately, I would say Boston didn't execute the way they needed to. Or even, I mean, they got some open shots, so maybe they did execute, but they were giving shots to the wrong people. So I think that the, the biggest story to me out of all of this is the story of LeBron. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things that stand out, but to me, the number one thing is what are people saying about LeBron now? So what do you think this does for his reputation? What do you think this does for how he'll be remembered making it past Boston into yet another Eastern Conference Finals? There's a part of me that thinks it shouldn't do anything because he, he didn't really do anything different this year than he's been doing for the last four years. For me, he took that... St- that step to that next echelon probably if not in his first season back with the Cavs when he took that team to the finals even though Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving were hurt if not that year then he did it the next year when they went and beat the 73 win Warriors Um, but either way this is this is the time where he's really gone above and beyond because by all accounts he should be out of his prime at this point and he's still putting up just like unreal performances so for me he hasn't done anything this year that I've been surprised at at this point Um, but I think to your point it, it you have to it has to be said that this is the worst team he's ever taken to the finals he's had one of the hardest roads to the finals that he's ever had before um, because again, they weren't a one seed this year; they were a four seed. So he had to—he beat a, you know a really solid Pacers team. Um, and that went to seven games, right? That went to seven games. Yeah, it's not the hardest first-round matchup he's ever had. Again, when I say most difficult, I'm actually talking about like their season stats, like their their efficiency as a team and and all of their season stats. So the Pacers aren't the best first-round team he's ever played, but they're really good. Um, the Raptors were by far the the toughest second-round matchup. Again, statistically, that he's ever had. He's in their head. He owns them, so they swept them. To me, that's been the most impressive thing he's done, or the Cavs have done all playoffs. And then this Celtics team was a good Celtics team. This was a better Celtics team than the one they beat in the conference finals last year. A lot of people forget they beat the Celtics in the conference finals 
last year too to get to the finals, but that was a completely different team because it was Isaiah Thomas and it, you know, there was no Kyrie Irving, there was no Gordon Hayward, there was no Jason Tatum. Isaiah Thomas was the leader on that team. Um, so they had uh, they had Crowder. They did have Crowder. So it was uh, all that to say. I think there are a lot of people who are kind of waking up to the fact that what LeBron is do- is doing right now is just otherworldly. Um, I would say one of the biggest stories of this series and of the playoffs is what Boston did underhanded as well. To to even though they were the better team to go seven, and I think the emergence of uh, Jason Tatum is you know we always joke about me making Duke references. This is not a this this isn't just you being a fanboy. Yeah, no, Jason Tatum has impressed I think a lot of people. Yeah, he is he has legitimate star power uh, and star ability. It's going to be interesting to see how he meshes with Hayward, and obviously he's already played with Irving a lot, but it's going to be interesting to see how he meshes with Hayward next year. Yeah, I saw a tweet that said that Boston's team next year is terrifying because assuming they don't make any plays, you're going to have Hayward, you're going to have Kyrie, Jason Tatum, Brown. And Horford. And Horford. Plus the bench. Right. Yeah. That's a good team. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that, and, and I think don't they have the ability to make moves in the offseason? Yeah, I think they have some draft picks too. I'm not sure. But if you're a Boston fan, and I know we were going to discuss this, like how do you feel today if you're a Boston fan? Obviously you're disappointed, um, but you have to be really, A, really proud of this team and also really excited about the future as well. Yeah, my two pushbacks to that are one, and and maybe it's not a pushback, it's just contextualizing. To contextualize feeling good about next season and going further than maybe you should have. Um, On the one hand, you really should have won that series. No question. There were probably, I think one of the early games in Cleveland, they let slip away. Right, There were a couple games where they just really didn't finish and could have won. They've got to learn how to win on the road. And that's that's part of being a young team. I think what we saw in Game 7 and also what we saw with them on the road, not only in this series but in, in the other series as well, that's all – it stems from – having most of the players on your team be like 21 and under. It's like a college team, basically. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing is that I think unless you are a Celtics fan, you probably have no idea how Celtics fans think. Uh, and when I texted some of my Celtics fan uh, friends, Celtics fan friends, uh, one of them made the point that he didn't, he didn't even want them to make the finals because he knew whoever was going to the finals would lose. Yeah. So he would just rather his team lose. And so maybe he's feeling pretty that's good a, right that's now. A, that's a terrible perspective. <laughs> I, I did go on, I went on the Celtics um, subreddit mm-hmm. um, just to see if, it, if they were like self-destructing because LeBron has beaten them a lot over the years, just like he's beaten everybody a lot over right. the years. And so... I was actually really impressed with almost every single discussion on that subreddit was how proud they were of the team, how amazing Jason Tatum was, you know, all of these sorts of things. So um, I think they're in a good place for sure. And let's let's bring this back to the Cavs and LeBron. How are you feeling right now if you are a Cavs fan? I mean, I think you have to be ex- – I think if you're, if you're using logic instead of emotion – I think you're very excited that you have, <clears throat> excuse me, that you've overachieved and you're in the finals again. And you have to realize like how rare it is. There are some NBA teams that have literally never gone to the finals. And you've gone four straight years because you have the best player in the world on your team. 
And so I think you have to just appreciate it and just sit back and be like, wow, that we think about where we could be and, and we get to experience this for the fourth straight year. Um, but you also have to know that you can't get too emotionally attached to the potential of winning because you have almost no chance of winning this series. That's right. Um, so you have to kind of enjoy the little things. Now, will most Cavs fans feel that way? Probably not. You're going to have a lot of fans that know that everything that I just said, they are they know all of that, but they're choosing to ignore it. And then you probably have some Cavs fans that genuinely think they have a chance because they don't know anything about basketball. And they just assume like, hey, we won it against them two years ago. It's exactly the same. It is far from being exactly the same. So. Far. Um, well, I I don't ima- I can't even imagine being a Cavs fan. I don't know any Cavs fans. I try to keep it that way. <laughs> Shout out um, to uh, Chester Banizak, uh, oh, Cleveland native. Yeah, but I don't even think he cares about the Cavs. Yeah. Half the people from half the people from Cleveland don't even like the Cavs. I'm not sure that that's true. But anyways, continue. Um, great. So LeBron is this his greatest accomplishment? We kind of talked about it before. What do you think? I still think his greatest accomplishment is winning the finals in 2016. Um, I know there's a lot of context to that in terms of, you know, uh, Draymond missing a game and there were some injuries and whatever, but you, he still won three straight games against a 73-win team and was incredible in, in the entire series. And for them to have – and also to just fulfill his promise and bring the, bring a championship to Cleveland. So I still think that is his greatest accomplishment, and that's what he's going to be most known for unless he – I mean, if he wins it this year, then no question it's his greatest accomplishment. Let me just – I'll just put that out there. Yeah. I don't think he is going to. But yeah. if he were to win it this year, then that supersedes the the one from a couple of years ago. Yeah, I agree. And um, just additionally – I am so impressed by by who he is, the way he plays, and the longevity of it, right? I mean, yeah. in the NBA, anybody can be great for a game. A few players can be great for a season. And just the amount of players that can be at this level for yeah. so long is just few and far between. I think, that, I think you hit the nail on the head as far as what separates him. Um, not only has he the longevity of him staying healthy, basically, and never getting hurt. I mean, I, I don't think he's missed a playoff. We, we talked about how he, his teams have gone to the finals eight straight years. I don't know that he's missed a playoff game in any of those years. Um, I haven't researched all the way back, especially to the Miami days, but I'm, I feel pretty confident in saying that he hasn't missed any. So that sort of like ability to stay healthy and then also – Longevity kind of, when you hear that word, you think, oh, he's playing at the same level or close to the same level for an extended period of time. What's crazy about LeBron is he's actually getting better. Like he was better this year than he was two or three years ago with the Cavs. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's what's so crazy. And the only player that I can think of that did that is honestly Jordan. But even with Jordan, he had to kind of change his game as well. And, And I mean, LeBron has done that to some extent, but... It's this continued level of, of dominance is crazy. Yeah. And, and he is, you know, who is greater, LeBron or Jordan? Somewhat of a silly question, hard to judge, hard to tell. Um, but, you know, let's say LeBron does this another five years. It's, he has the potential to make that question easy. Yeah. And I think he's... You know, I think he's in the gray area where more people are willing to admit 
that that should be a question that's asked. Yeah. And I think let's just say he keeps this up for three more years. It's just every year he does it, he's he's adding a year of stats. He's adding a year of accomplishments to you know, having the upper hand in that conversation. And that'll be, we're, we're actually, for our listeners, we're planning an episode this summer during the offseason where we actually take kind of a deep dive into LeBron versus, versus MJ. Um, I will say that there's no question by the time LeBron retires, he's going to be statistically ahead of Jordan in almost every category. Um, does that make him the greatest of all time? Not necessarily. So I, I definitely want to... Not if uh, the statistical category is NBA Finals yeah. victories. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that there's... I mean, that tends to be the argument that everybody falls back on. Um, and it's... I mean, it, it's somewhat fair. But I, I really want to dig deep into, like... This is just kind of previewing this episode. But I, I really want to dig deep into the level of competition that these guys have played in the finals. Um, the level of competition they faced in their playoff runs. And the the how good the rest of their teammates were as well. I think all of that feeds into the conversation aside from just comparing stats. So uh, a little preview there. We'll have that yeah. episode later this summer. I wanted to tease out some of your thoughts on LeBron just for, for this episode. I think it's worth it. But um, you said something uh, that will serve as my transition. LeBron has not missed a playoff game, probably. Yeah. So speaking of missing playoff games, right. let's talk about the Rockets and the Warriors. You said there's... If the, you know, there's two tests for the Rockets in this matchup, will Chris Paul stay healthy and will Harden, you know, shy away from the moment, basically. And unfortunately, Chris Paul missed the last two games. Yeah. When the Rockets were up three games to two um, and they had given up home court advantage, but then they win it back Mm -hmm. and it was incredible. So they go up three games to two. They have two closeout games, game six in. Golden State, which they actually came out firing and were up in the first half. And then the Warriors come back in the second half and they win. Then Game 7 is back at home, and and the same thing happens. The Rockets come out hot, they go up in the first half, even more so than in Game 6, and then the Warriors come storming back in the second half and they take it. So to you, what are the the biggest storylines coming out of this series, Game 7, injuries, you know, I'm just going to throw it out there that while Chris Paul missed the last two games, Andre Iguodala missed, I think, three games or four, um, which were, you know, he's debatably the Warriors' third best defender on the team, on the best defensive team in the league. So what, are, what to you are the biggest storylines coming out of the series? Well, I think to our earlier question about how do you feel if you're Boston waking up after losing in Game 7, I think if you're Houston – they're they're you're feeling really sick but you also the reason you're feeling sick is because you were right there you had it and you didn't do it um but i think that should give you confidence to say we are close like we might even have the team if we can stay healthy i still think you you want to add one more piece if you can um hint hint that could be lebron i don't know um but if you can add one more piece that's great I definitely think that uh, I'm not sure that Chris Paul would have helped them win game six because it was in Golden State and Golden State just they didn't just storm back and win the game. I mean, they went they they won it going away. Um, They were up. They won by like 20 points. Uh, Game seven, I think he could have been the difference had he been out there. 
Um, but ultimately, kind of like Boston, Houston just missed shots. They missed 27 straight threes. And they are, they're not the best three-point shooting team in the NBA, mainly because they shoot such a high volume. But they're good enough that they shouldn't miss 27 straight. Yeah, their, their season percentage was something like, I want to say high 30s, like 39% or you know something like that. Like As a team, I think they shot, I think they were like the third best in percentage, something like that. Regardless, shooting missing 27 in a row has to be a record. Yeah. It's somewhere. And I know we mentioned before, like, hey, the two big things to watch out for are Chris Paul staying healthy and James Harden, like, shrinking away or not playing well. I do think he played he played better than he has in other series where the Rockets have been knocked out. Like, he certainly played better than he played against the Spurs last year when the Rockets got knocked out. But he still, I can't sit here and honestly tell you that he played well. You know, it, he doesn't have that that moment where he takes over a game. Like when you see LeBron take over a game, when you see Steph or you know more so Steph than KD yeah. just take over a game. Yeah. Okay, give me the ball and I'm going to make something happen. You don't see him do that yeah. in the same way. Yeah, and I don't really have the answer for that. Honestly, I I don't know. Part of it may be his personality. I don't know. But I think another part of it is that so much of his game depends on either getting to the free throw line or making threes. And if if he's not doing either of those, which he was missing threes and he was also not getting calls that he often gets in the regular season. And so if not having both of those things may have kind of taken him, he lost some of his value basically. Uh, but he's also a valuable passer, too. And so some of it was the Rockets, again, it's not like they missed 27 straight contested three-pointers. They missed open ones a lot of the time. And so, you know, Harden was finding the right guys and whatever. You just you just didn't make shots. So it's I, – I am sick to my stomach for Chris Paul just because – I mean, we talked about this. I had my hot take where I said statistically he's the best point guard since Magic. I still hold true to that. But I'm not sure that after the last three or four playoffs where he's gotten hurt basically every single time, I'm not sure I can comfortably say that I would rather have him than somebody like Jason Kidd or Steve Nash or, you know, whoever, John Stockton, whoever we were comparing him to, because you just can't depend on him. You can depend on him, you know, when he's playing to be great, but you can't depend on him to always be playing. And yeah. it just makes it really hard. I feel bad for him, too. I, I think he's one of the most respected players in the NBA. And so um, it's – and even as a Warriors fan, and maybe this is just my personality, I never want the opposition to get injured because I don't want them to have an excuse. Right. I want the Warriors to be able to say they beat the Rockets team that was crafted in the offseason to beat them. Mm-hmm. And that team, they lost to three, three out of five games. Yeah, and then all of a sudden Paul isn't isn't there. So, yeah. um, but speaking of the Warriors, what does this do for their reputation as a team? You know, you've got the LeBron, um, you've got the uh, LeBron argument versus Jordan, but then you've got the Warriors versus that Bulls team. You look at as yeah. a team. Um, now the fourth fourth year in a row going, which nobody is talking about the Cavs team. 
primarily because it's been so different and also because primarily it's just been one person. Yeah. Um, is this, you know, are the Warriors adding to their claim to being the best team, you know, in, in history? Or, you know, maybe better than, uh, say, our era, which might include the Lakers and the Spurs. Is this the best team? Yeah. I think that's a great question. Uh, they, <clears throat> assuming they win it this year, that's three out of four. So I think you have to talk to, I mean, if you're talking just single season, you know, the 72 win Bulls versus the 73 win Warriors or other Warriors teams, I, I don't really know with that. We could get into a lot more detail. But if you're just talking about dynasties in basketball, I mean, you start with the Celtics, really, way back in the 60s. Yeah, um, you talk like 7 out of 10 or yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah, you talk about the Celtics and the Lakers in the 80s, um, which each of them basically, at least one of those teams was in the finals like every year of the 80s um, and a few times against each other. Um, and then obviously the Bulls in the 90s and then kind of the Spurs and to some extent the Lakers. I mean, the Lakers had a three-peat and then they went three straight times in 08, 09, and 2010 as well and won two of them. Um, and then the deal with the Spurs is that they never did it in a row, which is what's so interesting because they, I mean, they literally, they won it in 99 and then they went every other year. They went 03, 05, 07, and then they went all the way until 2014 and, and won their last one. So I think when you talk about just over the course of such a long period of time, I mean, literally 15, 16 years winning five, maybe that's more impressive because they, it was strung out and... And it felt like they were always ranked two in the Western Conference, which has always yeah. been the toughest conference, at least the last 10, 20 years. Yeah. And they generally, to your point, they generally lost to the team that would go on and if not win the finals, like at least go to the finals. Um, so that was part of it too. But just the fact that they, they, the only kind of common denominator was Coach Pop, Tim Duncan, and then Manu and, and Tony Parker and everything else was kind of just pieces added around so maybe that's more impressive but they also like I said they never not only did they not win back-to-back championships they never went back-to-back and so uh maybe it's more impressive to go four straight years it's a lot harder um I think probably so um either way the Warriors have carved their spot in in NBA history, for sure. Yeah, and they really separated themselves in the second half of Game 7 and and to uh, an extent Game 6, and they just showed so vividly their versatility and their talent and their depth, you know, the that they could go four quarters, whereas the Rockets were coming out and striking hard in two quarters. The Warriors could go the distance, and they, were, they could do more than, you know, ISO – with with Harden, pick and roll and shoot threes. Like, they or they just pick their spots too. Even if they don't play great all four quarters, they know when to turn it on. And there was a moment in the third quarter when, which is historically the Warriors' quarter, they mm-hmm. dominate in the third quarter. There's a moment. It, it might have been the fourth quarter when Draymond Green and Livingston are in both, but both people that can bring the ball up to court and pass the ball, and. Shooting up the wings are Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Kevin Durant. And it was a moment I won't forget because, it, yes, this is the death lineup and people have been talking about them for a long time, but this was the moment when they were passing the Rockets saying, we're, we're taking this over. And it was because you had, the you know, Sean Livingston, a veteran uh, uh, 
bench player, but like a valuable piece of their team. Draymond Green, who can guard anybody and can pass the ball offensively. And you've got three of maybe the most talented offensive scorers in the league all together is just terrifying and you see them go on and take this and when they celebrate I saw them celebrate they I think they truly were like we they knew they might not make it here yeah this has been since maybe maybe since their first year this has been the biggest doubt in anybody's mind that they were going to make it and and they did yeah I it, it sounds dumb to say this now because they're in, but I really didn't have a whole lot of doubt because I know that they can turn it on. I know you and I would text during games and you'd be like, oh, crap, they're down 20 points. Oh, Clay has three fouls. And I'm just kind of like, it, they're going to be fine. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I want to give props to Houston for because honestly, some of the games that Houston won in this series, it was because of what they did in the last couple minutes of the game where they just went on a quick run. And they weren't able to do that, I think, because they didn't have Chris Paul. But um, I, I really think that one of the things that separates the Warriors is, you know, they've one of the reasons they got so many fans so quickly in 2015 is because of how much fun they have while they, when they play. And they've lost some fans because, number one, because some people just hate when the same team wins over and over again, and so they're just tired of it. They've also lost fans because... Draymond Green is a D-bag and nobody likes him. Um, but I still think they are the most fun team to watch, for sure. And they, uh, yeah, I mean, you just, you you watch the way they play, like, like you said, very unselfish, all good passers, all good shooters. Yeah. And it just, yeah. They hit their threes. They, Steph Curry hit three, seven three-pointers in game seven, which is the only other person who's done that in history hit seven three-pointers in a game seven is Steph Curry. Um, and so it doesn't sound remarkable, but he, but it is. And you've got the best three-point shooter. You've got, debatably, the best three-point shooter in all of history. It's not debatable. He's Great. At, so he's you absolutely agree. The, the best greatest three-point shooter. shooter in all of, in NBA history. The current best spot-up shooter in Clay Thompson. And then the current best offensive player in Kevin Durant, overall offensive player. All together, it's phenomenal. And I, I think I am grateful as an NBA fan to be so present with this team and with LeBron. I mean, I will be able to talk about LeBron and this Warriors team the right. rest of my life. Yeah. And they're still going, and it's it's a lot of fun to be a part of as a fan. So I'm just I'm thankful, and I watch, and I'm in awe. And the last thing I'll say is that this series, the Rockets-Warriors series, was what everybody was waiting for since the offseason. Mm-hmm. When Chris Ball went to, went to the Rockets and the Warriors stayed together and you knew that these were going to be the two teams, it's been a slow buildup to what I think was a fantastic um, conference finals. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things we said in our last episode was, like, is this really the finals? You know, and so that's kind of our transition and segue into the actual finals because I would say yes, I think the Rockets are were much better competition than the Cavs will be. But let's talk about it. Let's give give it a fair shot. Give it its fair due. Um, this is four straight years. These two teams know each other. Cavs do have some fresh blood, some young some young guys, some new guys on their team. Um, and so yeah, we'll just kind of get into that uh, real quickly as we uh, as we start to head towards the finish line here. 
Yeah, I absolutely think that that was the finals. I told my wife that they should just hand the trophy to the Warriors right now and save everybody some time. Well, you would want that just as a Warriors fan, but I am also, biased, one hundred percent. But but even the data guy backs you up. So. That's right. Um, I went ahead and I already have my prediction. I think it's going to be a sweep. I put five bucks on it because I'm a big wow. spender. Yeah, I know. Um, but I, I I just think that the Warriors are going to run over the Cavs. And I think that LeBron is going to be tough. And and I think what LeBron will need to do to beat the Warriors will be to either score 60-plus a game, and even then, I don't know, or he's going to need his team to just shoot lights out with him scoring, you know, his 46, 50 points. And hope that the Warriors miss all their shots. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's not even close. I mean, the what the Rockets and the Warriors are able to do is switch on everybody and, and play defense on anybody, and all of their team can shoot. And while the, while the Cavs can shoot, they can't de- defend. And the talent is like way higher than what the Celtics were. So it's going to be a mixture of the Celtics, but with, you know, way more talent. And experience. And, ex- and experience, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's going to be a sweep as well. I, I think the Cavs could win one game, especially if their shooters get hot and if the Warriors. Like, I think the best chance, the game to watch out for, because Warriors have home court advantage in this series too. The game to watch out for is game three. Um, just like last year, actually, um, the game, the first game that's in Cleveland, I think the Cavs have a have a decent chance to win that game. Uh, but their shooters are going to have to shoot lights out. They're going to have to hope the Warriors miss shots, and LeBron is is going to have to be insane. So, if you're a Warriors fan, do you want to give them one of those two games just so that you can come back and win a game five at home? Uh, no, I think if you're the Warriors, you want to sweep, especially because they've never done it. They've never swept the finals. And so, I, I mean, I can't speak for them. Maybe they do want to come back to Golden State. But I think you want, I think it's more impressive to say we just swept them. Um, so, the one thing we aren't saying is, you know, it's really, maybe we are not giving LeBron himself his due. Maybe LeBron is truly great enough to beat this Golden State Warriors team on his own. You know, um, the stats guy is shaking his head no. no. Uh, well, and it's are, not... Are, are we not, overlooking him? No, it's not a diss of LeBron. I, I, just, I don't think any player is good enough. I mean, people joke about Michael Jordan putting teams on his back in the playoffs and all this stuff. Like, he... Scottie Pippen has higher stats than him, higher playoff stats than him in every category other than scoring. So he had it, and he had a, Michael had a team, and this is not take, I mean, this is, this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to build a team around your best player. Right. So like, I'm not taking anything away from Michael, and I'm not taking anything away from the Bulls. They built a team that was defensive oriented, that had shooters, that had a guy like Scotty that could play point forward and be your best defender, and you build it around the best player in the game with Jordan, and that's why they were so successful. So it's not that, but what I scoff at is when people say, you know, Michael could carry a team by himself and win games by <laughs> himself. And I'm like, 
no, he couldn't. And that's fine because nobody could. And so then going back to LeBron, he can't. He's going to put up great numbers. Like, he's going to put up monster numbers in this series. But it's not. It's just not going to matter. Yeah. Didn't you tell me that LeBron is, like, the first player in history to win, lead in all statistical categories over an NBA playoff series or something like that? Well... This is actually crazy. I don't know if I told you this. Maybe you read it somewhere, but I'll tell you what the exact stat is because I saw it too. In the Boston series, so the seven-game Boston series, LeBron not only led his team in every statistical category. Think about that. Every single statistical category. Blocks, steals, assists, rebounds, points. Possibly shooting percentage too, but I don't think that that's included. I think it's just the big five. Points, rebounds, assists, blocks, steals. He led all Cavaliers in all five categories, and he led all Celtics players in all five categories. He he. There, would, there wasn't a Celtics player that had more rebounds or assists, or assists, or blocks, or steals than him in the entire series. God, he led he led both teams in every single category. Which yeah, I think that is maybe the best stat to paint the picture of what is going on with the Cavs. You know, yeah. and. Because that you shouldn't have that, right? Yeah. You should never. That doesn't even make any sense. Yeah, that doesn't even make any sense. How are you rebounding the most, assisting the most, scoring the most out of everybody? It's like it's like if you're a. It's like as an adult playing in like a JV, you know, or like a middle school league or something. You're just there's only so much you can do. You know, it, it's just yeah. Well, that's that's a pretty incredible place, I think, to stop. So uh, we've got uh, both of us predicting a sweep, although I've got money where my mouth is. Uh, so uh, we'll just ask you out there, what do you think? Do you think LeBron's got a chance at one games? He definitely Maybe has a chance to win a game. He has a chance to win a game. Maybe I, three I games? Said earlier, I said earlier, if they win the series, it's the greatest accomplishment. Like, just call him the GOAT. Like, if they win this series... Unless the Warriors have like three huge injuries, if if they beat the, this Warriors team fully healthy in this series, it is the greatest accomplishment maybe of any basketball player ever. And that sounds that's that's like hot take. I sound like you with that hot take, but <laughs> I'll give it that to would you. be insane. But I would even say if they win more than one game, I think you have to just do like the the bow down like, basically, wait, what? just like like I, is, what? that would just be. Uh, mind blowing. So, I hope. I, I mean, I would, I would love for this series to go long. You know, go seven, whatever. But I think if that were to happen, the obviously the Cavs are fig, have figured something out and are playing really well. But the Warriors have done something to just not show up if if that happens. So yeah, uh, you are right, and I am with you. Uh, so moving on to to wrap up our show. Uh, on we're on Twitter at NBA Fan Podcast. Yep. We uh, will be doing our next show to wrap up the finals, and we're right. gonna put a bow on this season, and then we're gonna mm-hmm. look forward to the draft. We'll probably yeah. do a preview of the draft. We'll then uh, 
talk about it afterwards as well. Maybe do some rankings or mm-hmm. you know see how the teams did, see where all the players shuffled out. We'll talk a little bit about free agency as well this summer mm-hmm. uh, and paint a picture for that. And then we'll probably try to jump back into some team profiles as we prep for the next. And season. we will also more than likely have a Michael versus LeBron debate episode at some point too. But I'm really excited to jump back into team profiles. Me too. Uh, because that's a lot of fun. Yeah. So we've got a packed summer coming at you. Um, let us know your thoughts on the show and your feedback. Rate us on iTunes. Um, tell us what you think of the show. Give us five stars or one star or two stars. Uh, all of it is great. Um, I'm Chris Randazzo. Trent Kinsey. Signing and- off.